before August, I was, you know, following the structure. I was doing the modules. I was reaching out, but I remember telling Philip, I'm, I'm like, this is not going anywhere. I definitely doubted myself and doubted even this decision many, many times. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. One year ago, January 2nd, 2020, Vicki Ming went ahead and sent an email that completely changed her life. That email was literally the first thing on my mind when 2020 started. And that's why it was on January 2nd, because January 1st is a holiday. And I think I already drafted that email, maybe at the end of December. Exactly one year later to the day, we're releasing her story right here on the Happen to Your Career podcast to help her celebrate. Why? Well, because Vicky made a seemingly impossible career change, and we want to share with you exactly what she did. That way you can benefit from it too. But there's something you should know first. On the podcast, when we air a story, it's only a snapshot in time. Usually what happens is we're talking to someone shortly after they've accepted their new job offer. They're super excited about it. And at that point, in a 45-minute long conversation, you don't always get a sense of the highs and lows and what they went through to be able to do something that most of the rest of the world can only dream of. Well, I want you to listen to this conversation because Vicky does an amazing job of articulating these highs and low points in our conversation together. Listen for it. It'll, it'll help you understand what it's really like to make this type of career change. It's so much harder than everyone thinks it'll be. But here's the thing. I've yet to meet anyone who's made it to the other side of that and doesn't absolutely think it was worth it. Here's Vicky sharing her early career and what led up to her career change in the first place. My career journey so far has not been very long. Um, this new job with this new organization is literally my second organization yeah. um, in my whole career journey. Um, I have been with my previous employer for five years and I started with them right out of college. And I would say that about two years ago, in around 2018, that I began to look for a career change. Tell me a little bit about what you were what you were doing. What type of work were you doing? You know, a couple of years back, and what uh, what really led up to thinking about that career change? Yeah. Um, so. I guess I should say that I started in corporate accounting because my education background is in accounting. And I actually went straight up accounting for bachelor's, for master's, and I got my CPA. So I was supposedly, I should have, you know, followed my peers' path and going um, through either public accounting route public accounting route, or um, I would just stay within the corporate accounting route. 
But to be honest with you, accounting, even though I did so much education um, in that field, has never really felt like the field for me. It was more of a family culture background influence. Um, but what was sad about it was that I knew accounting wasn't for me. At the same time, I had no other passion uh, or no other areas where I would be I consider myself a boring person because you know how a lot of other people probably say, Oh, you know, I really, I love acting or I love painting or I love photography. I just never had one of those passions. So I, I just followed um, what my family's advice was and what seemed to be the most realistically best choice. Um, that's what I did. I mean, it did help me um, to get up, with my own feet um, in the beginning, right after college, you know, all companies need accountants and I could, uh, you know, find a job and I was able to uh, find a good company that sponsored me um, through the immigration process and which is a place of monumental um, part of my life right now. Then that is why I can still go on to pursue my further dreams in this career. Um, But yeah, I just didn't, know what what else if it's not accounting then what could it be um i did transition into the finance department with my previous employer working in the treasury department and uh i did not know what that was about at all but what was good about it is that the organization is pretty small so i was able to transition to different department and at the same time I was able to dive deep in each of those areas not only dive deep but also gain a very clear um, big picture of how each area plays into the whole uh, corporate finance and accounting structure and how each department helps to make the final decision Um, so I did treasury for about two years And then um, I transitioned to financial analysis, which is another department uh, under the corporate finance umbrella. And I did that for another two years. So that makes up five years in total, but I was uh, literally doing everything that the company needed accounting and finance wise. And in the end, I just rose up to this uh, like strategic finance advisor for the executive team because I've worked with different departments and I know how how different parts integrate with each other. So whether it's tax related, whether it's finance projections, whether it's accounting recordings, um, whether it's cash movements, I was able to uh, come up with a good strategy that's customized to that organization specifically. So that's um, where I was most valued at. And I actually enjoyed being you know, the strategic partner in that way. Yeah. However, what did you enjoy I, about that? I'm curious. Um, I think I really liked the one-on-one interactions that I often had with the, each executive team member. For mm-hmm. The CFO would come to me for a specific project and I felt like I was helping him directly. And I was overseeing this project or starting a project on my own and overseeing it uh, until the end and actually see the results happening. Um, And I could see the impact 
that is making on the organization. I really liked that aspect. That's when I, um, one of the things that, that I realized after um, starting CCB is that I actually enjoy working in small team environments. I don't like to be one of the members of a large you know, corporate accounting team and just handle maybe one facilities month and closing repeatedly every month. What I like about it is, you know, a various, a role with various projects um, that could come up and need some, not, I wouldn't say creative. I actually generally don't consider myself a creative person, but, um, but you just, it's not the same uh, and it's very fast paced and you have to integrate different areas of knowledge. That's what I really liked about it. It's not just solely about accounting. It's not just solely about finance. It's not just about tax. You have to integrate everything together in order to um, find the best solution. Well, it sounds like in some ways it is the creative application of those different experiences and knowledge sets. And then also it sounds like, you have to have that particular type of variety in there in order to make it rewarding for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So one of the strengths that came out in my strength finder assessment, besides this one-on-one helping part was that I am the, the factor input so I'm a person who really likes to do research, who really likes to know about different areas. I like to get that input. Uh, even sometimes when I don't see where this input could actually uh, help me in this project, maybe, maybe it won't ever help me, but I still like to collect that information. I still like to understand it. And I feel like someday I'm sure it'll come to you. well so i think what's really interesting about that to me is you know i know the end of the story here too and i know that eventually you decided to transition and i also know that later on much later when you were in the midst of your transition that inclination and that that inclination to research really helped you be able to make that transition. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that a little bit later and I'll certainly ask you about that. However, you know what what were some of the final events that made you say, "You know what? I I have to transition. I have to transition away from this company, away from the roles that I'm currently in." What what caused you to make that decision? I think the main factor there was that I just couldn't see myself grow anymore in my old organization. As I mentioned that I've already worked in various departments. I'm already directly helping the executive team. Um, I've definitely made contributions and I could see those contributions or new contribution uh, areas where I could help with, but when they're coming, I, it's not for sure. I, um, the development stage of my old company is also at a, they weren't, weren't exactly looking for expansion or anything. Um, So I just knew that I wanted to, although it was very nice to be the strategic partner, but 
I'm also a very technical person. At, at, at my age right now, I just feel like I have not yet built up a very solid foundation for my career where, you know, I could say this is the area that I've been working on for so long and I know every detail about it. I could apply it to any corporate skill. Um, I don't have that skill set or that career path that I could rely on and say that is what I do. I was sort of like a generalist, which is a very good thing to have to be. Um, but still, I felt like I needed some a specific career track to depend on. So that's when I really looked into um, a program that could help me figure out. So where is the specific track? What exactly exactly is the specific track that I could um, put all my energy towards uh, that area for the next decade? Interesting. So it sounds like you had outgrown the company. Yes. In terms of what you wanted was no longer what they were able to provide in that same way for your, as it related to your growth. And then it sounds like you came to that conclusion. And then <laughs> at some point must have asked the question, well, what's, what's next then? How do I find you know, that type of next, next step? Yeah. Uh, what happened from there? I, well, I started looking. I started to go to various events. Um, from where I come from and the culture that I grew up in, to find help is something that people that you're not supposed to be proud of so tell me about that <laughs> so my upbringing my upbringing tells me that you have to depend on yourself all the time especially when you encounter a difficulty you should do a bunch of self reflections which is right um but you you should you know work hard as hard as you can make yourself go crazy and you'll find a way to navigate, uh, you know, th through the crisis. Um, but for me, I, I was willing to work hard. I was willing to work 200% hard, but I didn't know where or how to put that energy. Um, so I went out to different events. I started going going to these uh, recruiting events from my uh, the university that I attended, and all these like career related events uh, around the city. And that's when I first encountered my uh, the, my first career coach, um, a person who who has worked in the public accounting industry because at that time I was still sort of ex exploring the idea maybe I could still go with public accounting yeah so I worked with her for on a monthly basis for about a year and that was kind of like me testing the water with this coaching idea and and getting help too and getting help yes and I realized that talking with her every month was a happy moment for me because I was so unhappy, you know, with my job on a day-to-day -day basis that talking with her 
um, even if it's just for one hour each month, felt like a way out. Like I could actually felt like make me feel hopeful. Like I I could actually make this happen. Someone out there is dragging me out of this this you know very bad situation. Um. But I also realized at the end of probably a year into working with her that once per month wasn't enough for me. Yeah. I made progress little by little. Um, I did test, uh, or I did while working with her, I did reach out to a couple of companies in the public accounting sector um, and try to explore the ideas of still sticking with accounting. It didn't work out very well. Um, I still didn't feel like that was the way to go, but you know, I did get myself on track into in terms of you know interviewing even and saying no or crossing out some of the uh, possibilities on the list. What made you feel like accounting was not for you? I think it's awesome that you were exploring and trying to figure out, Hey, is this, is this in fact right for me? But what, after doing a bit of that exploration and having some of that reach out, what caused you to say, you know what, this most definitely isn't it. That's a good question. I and mean, <laughs> for me, I am um, an ENFJ. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of times for me, if it's the feeling, if the feeling isn't right, it's, it's just, it's, it's not right. Well, I, I interviewed for accounting consulting with a really great firm and I got the offer. The team was great. I, um, like I could see myself thrive in that team environment. But when I think about doing the type of work that they do and helping the type of clients that they were helping, because they were specifically targeting uh, law field clients in like law firms law firms where they're uh, all of their clients. I couldn't, I don't see myself very excited about that industry. Um, and I can definitely do the work, but I just don't want to advise on, you know, how this is how you, this is how you do your books. This is how you, you should, you know, debit this credit that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just didn't very excite me at all when I think about the details of that job on a day-to-day basis, even though also, I love the people. Yeah. And it doesn't really seem to have that same type of variety that you were talking about earlier on. It's not the, it's, I mean, certainly you can get variety in accounting, but it doesn't seem like the combination of all of the different experiences and the gathering of the different experiences and being able to uh, to use them in a way that, like you were talking about earlier, it seems yeah, like the opposite of that in some ways. Yeah. I mean, accounting is definitely something that happens, you know, it's often at month end, right? All the activities have already happened. They became reality. Yeah. You just find a way to summarize and record them in the right way. But I think what I really wanted was I want the action to happen. I want to be a part of the action, you know, yeah. um, 
day-to-day basis. I want to see that happen, that the decision that I'm making right now is going to affect the company today or this week. And if it's a bad decision, then, oh my gosh, it's a lot of pressure. But still, that's that fast-paced uh, feeling, that that's the kind of impact that I want to have. Well, that's super interesting too, because I think that there's a lot of patterns here for you as well that I didn't even know about. And, you know, I, as we got to work with you, I have gotten to know you a bit. And then also Philip, your coach that you work with has been keeping me up to date on your story for the last you know, eight, 10 months here. And what is really interesting to me about what you said is that accounting is very past focused. Yes. And even, you know, even as you were talking about your interaction with that first career coach long before we ever met you and everything too, what excited you was about the possibilities in the future. And yeah. everything that you <laughs> you've articulated so far has been about in some ways that that future focus or that, you know, proactive focus or being a part, like you said, being a part of it in one yeah. or other versus just like recording it. And I know that's a drastic oversimplification and not meaning to undermine anything that, that accounting does because accounting is a great field. However, it's, it's a different focus entirely. Yeah. And I have two more things that I want before I forget uh, about why I chose half interior career in the end. Um, the other reason, the other thing that I realized while working with that career coach um, on a monthly basis is that I really need a structure, a set structure. With that career coach, I did not have a structure. So every month I sort of have to come up um, and email her, you know, this is what I want to do this for this session, which is also something that I need to do with HTYC just to be proactive and, and to, you know, work well with my coach. But it's different when with HTYC, Philip kind of knows what stage I'm at in the whole course of things. Yeah. But with that coach previously, there was no deadline. There was no set timeline. It was just like, you know, if you ever encounter a problem, just let me know and I'll help you. There was no structure. And I didn't really know at what stage I, I was. Um, should I... Should I reach out a little bit more or should I not reach out in this direction? Or should I, where should I go? Like, what should I, can you tell me what to do versus me telling you what I need? I, because I don't know what I need. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I chose HTYIC is because there is a structure, the nine modules. Uh, I, I view that, I mean, I know Philip does not agree with me on this, but when I first told him, I'm like, I need a syllabus and this nine modules, <laughs> literally my syllabus. I'm going to follow this. And then after I finished all the eight, nine modules, um, when I finally found the perfect career opportunity, I think this was starting from August to, so from February to August, I just followed that structure. And then from August to October slash November, I applied all of those eight modules, customized it in my own way and made it like, okay, I'm working a final project for this class. I'm going to deliver the best final presentation. And my, me getting that final offer um, is like my <laughs> final project. And I feel like I deserve an A because I was able to apply all the methods from those modules and I, you know, uh, um, 
and I did it on my own. So that's how the way I feel about HTYC in a way. And I really liked it. Well, um, so first of all, so excited to hear that. And it sounds like what that did for you, that structure was you were able to see where you were at and where you were going as well, if I'm understanding yeah. you correctly. And it yes. helped you. Uh, I'm going to, you didn't use these words, but it sort of made me think like it helped you keep on track in many different ways. And yeah. it helped you pull it all together at the end too, which interestingly enough is similar to what you did as you left that last role too. You were able to yeah. pull different pieces of, uh, <laughs> and I'm a big subscriber to how you do anything is how you do everything. But, uh, I, and that really shows up with, with, with strengths too, especially. And uh, it's, so first of all, thank you for saying that. Those are very kind words. And I'm so, it makes me so happy that, you were able to leverage our framework and structure in that particular way. And that you know, Philip was able to help you in the ways that you needed it. That's pretty awesome. And, you know, one of the things that it makes me very curious about too, is, you know, as, as you started to get into this change, because you had decided, okay, I need to make a more drastic change than what I was thinking, more drastic than just going and working with another organization with accounting. And as you started to get into it, what surprised you in going through this type of career change process? Because what you have done, and I'll just fast forward to the end for just a second, you, you were able to not only make a pretty sizable change, but also you did a you know, new organization and new industry, if I understand correctly too. Um, and what... What surprised you as you were going through the this process over the last 10 months here? I don't think actually I was surprised by this process. I kind of expected how unstructured it's going to be. And that's why I really held on to the idea of a structure in, um, in place and knowing where I'm at. Because I know mm. this career change is not like a class. It's there's no. no syllabus. You can't follow, you know, a, a, a timeline. It's so different. It could change at any moment. I came with that expectation. Um, but knowing that, that's why I really needed someone to continuously motivate me and push me and let me know where I'm at. Because because if not, then I'll be just, you know, doing whatever. I'll be, it'll all be very scattered. Um, but I think what was scary was from February to August, I don't think I was making any progress. Tell me about that. What made it feel like you were making no progress? Um, because before August, I was, you know, following the structure. I was doing the modules. I was reaching out, but the frequency of me having a conversation was probably only two per month. Yeah. Two to five per month. It kind of varies. And to begin with, because I was so scared to reach out to strangers, a lot of those conversations started with people that I kind of knew before. And when it was, when August hit, July hit, um, I, I remember telling Philip, I'm, I'm like, this is not going anywhere. Um, 
I definitely doubted myself and doubted even uh, this decision many, many times. Um, and that's, and I was still like, I, even though I followed the syllabus, but I still <laughs> wasn't yeah. able to define what my ambition was up to that point, up to August. Um, I tried treasury, I tried financial analysis, and they were still both on my list. And I still feel, felt like, oh, I could go either way. Um, and I talked to some of the large organizations or tech companies in the Bay Area. And it was just so competitive, too, because maybe because of COVID, but I think more importantly, it's just because that industry and with those companies, they're so popular right now that they never uh, lack uh, applicants. So even though some of the people that I talked to in there, there were managers and they looked at my resume and they're saying, oh, your resume is amazing. But because I don't have the direct industry experience and uh, the direct working experience, I guess, um, on that corporate scale, even if they submit my resume into the system and they help me submit, it was sort of like a referral. It's still very difficult to be recognized um, by the hiring manager because there were just too many people applying. And I felt like I could try harder. I could, you know, network even more within that organization um, just to find, you know, at least one opening that they, or one person who's willing to bet on me. But I, at the same time, I was telling Phil this, like, I don't feel like doing that with this organization. Like, yeah. oh, they're so great. Oh, they're so popular. And it, it definitely, I thought that I wanted to move up to the Bay Area ever since two years ago. And I thought that's the whole point of me participating in Happen to Your Career is to get me up there. But I don't see myself working so hard for any of the organizations up there just because I'm not as, I don't feel the passion in myself towards what they do. And that kind of hit me um, in the end that, you know, and this is like fast forwarding to, you know, my second low, after my second low point already, that's when I finally realized that, okay, maybe this whole idea of moving to the Bay Area wasn't right to begin with. Um, and I think that surprised me, I guess, in the end, because I never expected myself to stay in LA. But when I finally hit that moment of realization, everything clicked so fast afterwards because literally the next week I reached out to the manager of my new organization and um, the location of the organization is perfect and the role is perfect. And this manager, he recognizes my potential fully in, at least in, in the way that I want people to recognize me. And uh, I interviewed and then I signed the offer. It was literally like two weeks after I realized that um, everything just clicked. So I think it's what surprised me was how fast it could happen when you finally get everything together. I think that's, that's so interesting, especially since you said you are you know, on Myers-Briggs, which you, know, you were talking about, your Myers-Briggs results, which you said you were an Ian. FJ. FJ. Okay. Yeah. So that means that for people who may not have taken uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator, that you rely heavily on you know, feeling and if it feels right. Yeah. And 
this sounds insane, but we see it again and again and again and again. And you can go listen to you know, the other you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Once people start to get it to where it is more authentic to them, the decision and the route that they're taking is more authentic to them. It clicks so quickly after yeah. that. It's not always two weeks. Like that's, that's relatively quick as far as things go. However, it starts to quick or it starts to click so much quicker once you get those pieces right. And uh, as crazy as it seems, Vicki, I think what you went through in, uh, in going through and doing some of the, the work and the identification and everything that came along with all the hard pieces along with it almost had to happen in some ways to yeah. get it to finally click. And that way you could start really moving forward in the way that you want to. It's, yeah. What, what was that like? Why do you think it was so hard to come to that conclusion for you and make the change and say, you know what? I don't even really want to, like, I've been working hard on this, but I don't even really want to go this direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, it's so liberating, you know, right now. I, I, I know you can't tell, you know, just from looking at me, but in my heart, ever since that moment of realization happened, I felt so liberated, um, like for the first time in my whole life, because I guess for the previous 27 years, I've always felt like that I needed to live up to other people's expectations. And usually it was, you know, usually my parents, um, but then it became my peers. So going up to the Bay Area definitely was me trying to live out my ambition in the way that satisfies my ego. Yeah. <laughs> to put it simply, I want it to be admired by my peers. I want it to be admired, you know, uh, admired by my family members um, saying, uh, wow, you know, she, she made such a drastic change. She's working with one of the big tech companies in the Bay Area. She's getting paid a lot. Um, you know, that's probably how people define success um, for a lot of people that I know. And and it's it's just the hype around that area and that area um, that sort of made me feel like, oh, you know, if I want to be the best, which I always want to be in my, I'm very competitive in nature, um, then I should get in there, get into the game and be the best in that area and beat everyone else. <laughs> I think that's why I've always thought that that's the place to go. But area is not Vicky at all. Um, Los Angeles is definitely more Vicky. <laughs> and uh, that's why like realizing that right now, I just feel happy from the bottom of my heart because it's not about how famous my new organization is. Um, it's about how much I am aligned to what this organization does and how excited I am to work with my new manager and thinking about the contributions that I can make to the team. And it's also about um, the industry that this company is in. It's also an industry that I deeply care about. Like 
on on the weekend, I'll read about this industry just because I'm interested in it. And it's you know, it's, I wouldn't read about tech industry honestly on uh, in my free time at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so cool. I'm I'm trying to think of the right word. You know what I I know what the right word is. I'm I'm so proud of you. That is to put it mildly, and I think that's so cool. When partially because. I think some people will go their entire lives without having that type of moment. We're actually, we're in the midst of writing a book right now. And one of the things that it's not just me writing, it's the entire team effort to be able to make this thing happen. And one of the things that we were just talking about the other day is the switch that happens once you're focused, not on other people's expectations or even expectations of other people's expectations, but then you focus more on what is true for you. And when you switch that focus, not only does it feel different in ways that are hard to describe, and I think you've done a fantastic job of describing what that is like for you, but it is also, it puts you in a place where you can contribute to the world and organization and family members and friends. It puts you in a place where you can contribute completely differently. And that's something that's really difficult to be able to explain on a podcast or in a book or anything else to describe the types of feelings that happen after you make that switch that you were talking about. And I remember not that long ago, I think it was about a year ago, I was talking to a guy who was in his 70s and he had had found us through Google and you know ended up on a phone call with him and he was telling me about I, he had gone through you know all 70 plus years focused on other people's expectations so i think it's so cool that you have done that far far earlier than 70 that's pretty amazing what let me ask you uh two other questions i really badly wanted to ask you about one yeah. you know when I remember a point in time where I guess it wasn't that long ago. It probably was, you know, back in, back in August where you were describing, you know, I'm really struggling and moving through a few of these pieces where you and I got on the phone and we were chatting about a couple of different uh, things that weren't working and how to make them work differently. Uh, And, you know, the thing that I wanted to ask you about that is this, what were, what were some of the things that as you were going through the process worked particularly well for you or tell me about that. So, yeah, I remember that call and I definitely feel like that call, you taught me how to liberate myself also because oh, I interesting. Was, yes. Um, I, you taught me how to just be myself and be honest about my experiences. And that's the only way where you could find your own way, your own path. Um, because I was so worried and sort of just complaining to you that, you know, there's such a huge gap uh, between where I am and where I want to be. My current organization is small and what it does is, is in finance is different than, you know, what I want to do in finance in, in the next step of my career. And when I talk to people, I feel like I, ha- I have so much to offer, but because when they listen to my direct experiences, they, they don't get excited about me as much because they just feel like that I, I have been in the wrong environment and I won't fit in with their environment. Um, and you told me, you know, why don't you just tell them exactly what, what you've 
done. You know, even though my old organization did not have um, a ton of structure, which sounds like a bad thing, but in reality, because it was losing structure, I got to work on projects that touched on different areas of corporate finance and accounting all the time. And that is actually the biggest value I have because not a lot of people understand uh, the impacts of so many areas in an organization. And I do. And, you know, knowing, having that background information and then try to uh, dive deep in a certain area makes you go deeper easily because you just know, you know what you're doing and you know, what role you are in this, the whole grand scheme of things. Um, and you won't, well, hopefully you'll, you'll make fewer mistakes. Um, and so that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I did when I was talking to um, the manager of my new, new company. Um, I told him that, you know, I was able to, I was constantly in the, in your words, constantly exposed to treasury, even though I wasn't really um, working as a treasury analyst at my current company, but that's also, you know, the best thing that happened to me because I was able to do a lot of cross-functional work and um, I understand how everything plays into each other's role. Yeah. That is so cool. I didn't, I didn't actually realize that, <laughs> that that helped in that way. That, uh, that also makes me happy. And I really think that that is truly one of the best. I mean, it really is. Like We've talked about threads of that through our entire conversation just in the last 40 minutes or so here because you know, it, was, it was the thing that was the most fun for you, being able to have exposure to all these areas and give advice on all these areas and, and being able to see the impact from having exposure to all these areas and work with uh, work with other people in the organization. And then on top of that, it's also your biggest value when, <laughs> when you, when you started to harness that and really take ownership over that, that, that is such a value. That, that's, that's so cool, Vicki. What, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say that I think before I just felt so ashamed of my experience in what way? In the like objective way, because how you know, people looks down or not looks, not look down, but um, people, we, when they see an organization that's small and that's less structured, um, they don't necessarily associate uh, a very competent employee with that mm. image. But it just happened to for to, for me that I, I feel like I'm a pretty competent employee, but I was working in that kind of environment and I felt so ashamed to showcase or go out there and tell everyone, you know, this is the company that I'm working for. But at the same time, I really wanted to be recognized. Uh, and I think I can do a great job if I if I was if I were put into a different environment, but I just needed someone to recognize me first. And after having that conversation with you, it was liberating because I stopped being ashamed of my experiences and what I did. Uh, I just went out there and told people 
what I did and tell them why I think I was so valuable and I could still add a lot of value to their organization if they give me a chance. So much of these types of big transitions are getting past the head games that we play with ourselves <laughs> in many different yeah. ways. Yeah. And it, it almost makes the, you know, tactical like job change, uh, career change type pieces almost, they're not easy in comparison. I don't want to, I want to give people any indication that they're easy, but easier by far in comparison compared to moving through all of those pieces like you're talking about like the shame that went with how you viewed your past experience which yeah it was great experience it was wonderful experience and it's who you you know who you are and what you bring yeah. to the table that is yep. that is really cool what what advice would you give someone else who you know way back you know 10 10 months ago here you know i remember right as we were right before we hit the record button, you were telling me a little bit about, uh, you sent us an email on January 2nd and you'd actually written that email on, you know, just a, in the week beforehand, if I remember correctly. And you were saying like, I, I was doing this to be able to make sure that I, I made a change in, in this year. Tell me a little bit about that. And then I want to ask you what advice you would you give somebody else who's in that similar situation where they want to make a change going into the next year? Yeah. So I think my advice would be definitely have faith in yourself and this whole process because it could get very dark, um, especially at the beginning. And you don't know how long this dark process is going to last, um, but it could suddenly turn so bright that you, it goes so fast that you don't even, you can't even capture everything, but it just, it could just suddenly turn around. So have faith. Definitely it will come. The brightness will come. Um, and the other thing is, I am a, a person who is big on why. So for each decision in my life, I have to know my reasons for making that decision. Um, be, so I sent you, well, before I uh, finally signed up HTYC, um, I was thinking of, I was, I, I was listening to your podcast and I think I, at that time I had been listening to it for a year or so. Um, and I felt a connection with you, even though I've never, at that time I've never met you. Um, but I felt a connection in many of the episodes that I listened to at different times. And I think that helped me finally make the decision the, uh, to know that this is the right thing to do because I feel so connect I feel understood from your podcast episodes and it was at the end of 2019 and I just knew that 2020 has got to be the last year uh, where last year for me to work at my old organization and I really wanted something to happen in 2020. Um, so right after New Year's Day, I sent you an email, exactly like you 
uh, how you said it in the podcast, you know, with the title conversation um, and just say, dear Scott, (laughs) and tell me about your story. And that's exactly what I did. It was an obnoxiously long email. I remember when I, <laughs> I was reading it last week. I just wanted to kind of look back on how, how everything started and happened yeah. until now. It was so long. Oh my gosh. I I love I those emails. I, I love them. I mean, this, I love what I do. So like, I love getting those emails. And, and so, but, yeah. So it was like on January 2nd, I sent you that email and I took a screenshot of it and I saved that screenshot on my desktop um, because I just wanted to remind myself, you know, that was my new year's goal. Um, I, I just made a whole big deal out of it and it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's been five years and I've been contemplating about this since 2018. And I'm finally making this change with a program that I feel like I've, I know very well because I've listened to you guys for more than a year. Um, So I, I just felt like, you know, every step of the way I, I checked everything on the list. I think this is the right thing to do. The timing is perfect. It is the start of a new year. Um, and I, I just got to do it. So that's what I did. And I think having the, because the beginning happened um, exactly in the way that I want it to happen. And I, to this day, when I think about it, and now when I talk about it, I still remember how hyped I was, how excited I was when I hit the two low points uh, in the past 10 months. I actually, you know, clicked on that screenshot and looked at that email again. And I told Philip, I have got to make this happen. This was like my single goal for 2020 and if I don't make this happen and I want to happen before my birthday (laughs) if I don't make this happen I don't know how I'm going to be 28 I don't know I won't be able to celebrate at all I will like kill myself um and yeah and that's that's I think the beginning is very important because it just uh makes you remember how important it is when times get hard and also the worksheet your it's called your plan for when it gets hard yes that's in module one i also pulled that out a couple of times um i think in august and also in october when i feel felt like i don't know where this is going and i read what i wrote why am i doing this i had so many reasons um and i I still looked at it this morning and I'm, I'm so glad that I'm actually checking off everything that's on that list. I do. Do you want me to share what was on that list? A couple. I am. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super curious. Yes. please. I wrote, you know, I want to find the best fit career track for me to pursue for the next 10 years. I want to upgrade my career platform because I know I have what it takes. I want to find a leader who will also be my mentor. I want to change the way I see the world and the way I see networking. I want to build up my resilience threshold and become become a more to- I'll become more tolerant of rejection and learn how to turn a no into a yes without getting angry. <laughs> Those are the things that I wrote um, to answer the question: Why do you want to make this change on that worksheet? 
And I'm, I literally did all of that, especially, you know, with the networking part. Now it's such a natural skill in me. I can see myself using that or applying it in every aspect of my life. So it's, it's amazing. It's a pretty good feeling. And because of this feeling, I think all the dark moments, um, they were worth it. That is so cool. And you know what, what else I think is really amazing is, okay, you declared all this for yourself at the beginning of the year and said, 2020, this is it. And then in a year when we had a you know, worldwide pandemic in a year where so many other people are just like, when is 2020 going to be over already? Like in a year when so many other people are essentially giving up. And I mean, we've had real terrible things happen in the world and it's made it hard across the board. But in a year where so many people are giving up, you have pushed through and figured out a way to make it happen. And I think that that is so very, very amazing, uh, astounding. And I am, I'm super excited that you were uh, letting us be along for the journey and that we got the opportunity to help. And I'm just so proud of you, Vicki. This is so cool. Thank you. I mean, it's definitely... I credit a lot of this to HTYC too. Um, I would not have been able to do a, do this on my own, seriously, without Philip, without you, without the podcast, the program. Um, I just love the continuous motivation. And I loved how Philip always was there for me, even though when I had nothing to share, you know, on a particular week, um, our conversation was still motivational enough for me to power through the next week. <laughs> That's what I loved about this whole process. And I made friends. I think Philip is definitely a friend now. Um, and he has his career and I'm excited for his career journey too. Hey, I hope you really loved that conversation with Vicki. I had so much fun chatting with her and helping her out along the way. And I know the rest of my team did too. And I just want to invite you to be able to send your own email, make your commitment this year to doing your career and your life completely differently, focusing more on work that fits your strengths and life that actually works around your ideals and what you want. And there's no reason you shouldn't. It's actually a great thing, not just for you. It's a great thing for the whole rest of the world because you'll be able to contribute at a completely different level. So here's what you can do right now. Pause this and send an email. Just send a super short email, open your email app on your phone and send it to scott at happentoyourcareer.com and go ahead and put conversation in the subject line. After that, here's what'll happen. Either myself or my team will reply back to you and we'll go ahead and hop on the phone, hop on a Zoom call, have a conversation, figure out what would be the very best way that we can support you in your situation. And then we'll get about the business of helping you make that change this year. Just like Vicky, just like everyone else that you've heard on the podcast. Drop me an email right now. Scott, it happened to your career.com conversation in the subject line. We'll figure out how we can help. Okay, so we already know that career change can be pretty difficult on its own, much <laughs> much even more so when you're continuing with a global pandemic, right? But what if you're doing a job search and you don't even know what the next job title is that you're going for? What then? 
One of the frustrating things about job hunting is that you can type in a very general title like account manager and then like a million jobs will pop up for account manager. But if you look at the actual roles, like if you take five out of those million, they're all going to be different. That is Allison. She recently made a change from the hospitality industry. In the time of COVID and pandemics and everything else, you might consider it a dying industry. And she did too. She was looking at the writing on the wall. But tune in next week right here on Happened to Your Career because we want to be able to share exactly what Allison did to be able to make her change. By the way, we mentioned Vicky. 